Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hey, so we're trying something a little different this week. I really hope you like it. From WBEZ Chicago, I'm Greta Johnson, and this is Nerdette, the introvert's guide to the good life. Today, we're going to hear from YA superstar Rainbow Rowell. We're going to give you an idea of something delicious to cook, a great song you should listen to, and something you absolutely must watch. And we're going to bring you a little segment I like to call Greta News, Greta News. It's now time for Greta News. Yeah! Decorative gourd season is right around the corner. And I don't know about you. I mean, I'm not like actually a decorative gourd person, but I am pretty stoked about fall. Bring it on. I want sweaters. I want warm home cooked meals. I want like hot tea and like sitting on the couch under a blanket with a good book. There's a new graphic novel out, and it is all about fall. It's all about tough endings and new beginnings, and it's by Rainbow Rowell. You may know her as the author of Attachments and Landline and Eleanor and Park. She teamed up with illustrator Faith Aaron Hicks to make Pumpkin Heads, which tells the story of Deja and Josiah, a pair of high schoolers who work at, like, the most amazing pumpkin patch ever. Picture, like, Disneyland except pumpkins somehow. So the story starts on the last day they'll ever work there, and total chaos ensues. I got to talk to Rainbow and Faith about the total glory that is autumn earlier this week. What do you think of when you think of fall? I feel like, you know, it's almost September. We're kind of starting (laughs) to get in the mood. I think it's so fascinating, right? Because, I mean, even just when you think about nature, right, like, Things are getting ready to die, which is like kind of a bummer. Summer's coming to an end. But yes. <laughs> Rainbow, what do you think about fall? I mean, I just think of relief. Like, yeah, right? It's relief. <laughs> like I have a hard time from May 15th to now. I'm just suffering. So <laughs> for me, it's like I also feel I always have that like Mary Poppins feeling when they show the wind Ooh. and they're like, oh, there's a strange wind coming in. Like that first cool wind, I always feel like, oh, there's something magical in the air. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Winds in the east, mist coming in, like something is brewing, about to begin. Can't put me finger on what lies in store, but I feel what's to happen, all happened before. Why did you choose the pumpkin patch to be the setting of this story? That was that was your inspiration, right, Rainbow? I've had this pumpkin patch idea for a long time, actually. I, I just kept thinking that a, 
Omaha, do you have pumpkin patch culture here? We do, like, in the <laughs> suburbs here. But, yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question because, like, my next question is, Faith, growing up in Canada, like, are there even pumpkin patches uh, where I, you grew up? I mean, up? we have, like, agricultural fairs. I grew up in a yeah. small town that, that had, yeah, like, an agricultural fair that I really enjoyed. Um, but a pumpkin up... patch like the one in pumpkin No, I, I mean, if there is one, I, I didn't. I didn't grow up going yeah. to it yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. So this, I didn't this was either. very new to me. Yeah, I only came across it like in the last couple of years here of like, oh, it's a thing where you go pick your pumpkin and like have apple cider yeah. and go on a hayride and all that stuff. It feels like it's trending upward too. It feels like it's more of a thing now. Yeah, well, it's a very Instagram friendly <laughs> medium. Right? very Instagram friendly. <laughs> so I, we have a, like a lot of really cool pumpkin patches in Omaha and we have one very, very cool one. I love the phrase pumpkin patch culture. <laughs> very I, happy. I feel like I've used it for the first time, but also a lot this week. <laughs> Good. <laughs> so um, yeah, every time I would go, I would think this is the perfect place for a YA story, actually, mm-hmm. like a YA romance or just sort of a I'm a big fan of old Disney live action movies and those movies like Parent Trap or Freaky Friday where they're just like these rollicking like good time in every corner and I kept thinking like oh this is a perfect place so I thought I was going to write like a short story or a novel in a pumpkin patch Um, but as I was trying to come up with like what would be the best project for Faith and Me together I thought maybe I need to break the glass and the pumpkin patch concept Um, so I did I wrote I wrote that I wrote it kind of hoping that it would resonate with Faith yeah. yeah, and it did. The first draft of the script that you gave me, I I, I don't know, it it, it blew me away. Um, it made me tear up at the end. I was mm-hmm. immediately really excited about drawing it. And I immediately sat down and did very early sketches of Deja and Josiah. Um, they evolved somewhat over the course of the yeah. book. But yeah, it was immediately I was on board. Another thing I really love about it is that it's it's like unashamedly enthusiastic. You yes. Know? Like, <laughs> yes. Like absolutely. I think because you totally could also picture the story where there are these teenagers working at the pumpkin patch and they're super over having to do the pumpkin patch stuff again. And that's kind of a story that comes up, actually. Like yeah. if you think of amusement park movies or stories. Totally. Yeah. Often the disaffected youth. For sure. Right. right? It's like we can all <laughs> picture that very yeah. easily. But this is so much more about these kids who love it and who they realize what a special place it is and who are sad to kind of have to move on from that, you know, which yeah. I don't know. I just thought I, I think about that a lot around nerd culture and just like hipsterness and right. all of that stuff. And like, it's so easy to pretend like you're just like too cool for whatever it is. But I think it's actually really brave to just be super excited about whatever it is that you're really excited about. And I feel like that was a really lovely part of this story for sure. Oh, That's thank you. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah. Do you think you're going to work together again? <laughs> what do you think? Well, I floated the idea of a sequel. <laughs> Nice. But totally she hasn't given that. me an answer yet. No, I, I have. Oh, yes. yes no, right. I said no. <laughs> I think we both left it immediately like, oh, it would be really fun to do these characters again. Yeah. And like there are like some very obvious sequels in my mind. Oh, <laughs> like, for sure. Like, really easy. Maybe in five years we'll have another book. <laughs> yeah, there you go. When the stars align. Deja and Jesse will be 50. <laughs> Still working at the pumpkin patch. Oh, wow. That would be a different kind of story, <laughs> huh? It's like, what have we done with our lives? Well, no, they'd be like, we've had the best life. We work at the right, pumpkin right, right. patch every year. It would be kind of funny if they were like finally disillusioned by the time they're 50. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Right? Now we have to give Greta a credit. <laughs> Take it. Bye. Faith Rainbow, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having us. 
What a delightful pair of humans. You are going to love Pumpkinheads. You should absolutely check it out. And don't forget, Rainbow's next book, Wayward Son, comes out next month, too. Okay, up next, we're going to go to the Arctic. I mean, kind of. We're going to call a person in Colorado, but we're going to talk about the Arctic. Hi, I'm Jesse Cremian, and I am a research scientist at Colorado State University, um, and I focus on um, atmospheric science in the Arctic. I called Jesse while she was still in Colorado just a couple weeks before she heads north on a huge climate research project called Mosaic. It involves a German icebreaker, a year in the Arctic, and more than 600 scientists from 17 countries. The number of countries and scientists involved is just incredible. And not just the sheer number of people from different places, but also getting together so many people that study so many different parts of the system. The Arctic climate is changing super fast, and this is the first time in, like, human history that a whole bunch of researchers from a whole bunch of different disciplines will spend an entire year collecting data there. Particularly what I'll be focusing on is how clouds form. What Jesse is doing is trying to understand the relationship between the snow on the ground, the ice in the sea, and the clouds in the sky. Clouds have these properties that make them serve as thermostats, basically, of the atmosphere. And so that can affect the amount of heat in the Earth's atmosphere, the amount of sunlight that's reflected. Um, and so that then affects Arctic sea ice, Arctic ecology, and then also weather and climate. If Jesse can get a sense of what kind of organisms from the sea are making it into the clouds, and then what effect that might have on the clouds and the climate, that data could help make more effective models on what might happen to the rest of the world. So Jessie's going to head out in September, and she's going to do about a week of training in Norway. And then they're all going to head out on this boat to park in the middle of the ice. And that's where Jessie's going to live until January, which means, I mean, September to January in the Arctic, like, it's going to be cold. We would expect, you know, Minus 20 Fahrenheit is not atypical, but then we might even get temperatures to minus 40 and even minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I was going to say, I grew up in Alaska, and so like 20 oh, cool. below, like that's not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not too bad. Um, it's just the wind can be an issue up there that makes it even colder, and the darkness, that, that really makes it difficult to work with some of the equipment on the ice, so it's a little challenging. <laughs> Jessie says she's been to the Arctic five times before and mostly during the summer, which, I mean, you know, when you're that close to like literally the top of the earth, the summer means it's light out all the time. And then the winter means it's the complete opposite of that. It's almost like a totally different planet. And Jessie told me one thing she's really looking forward to is trying to do work during the day when it's like pretty much nighttime outside, which if you ask me is completely insane. But she sounded enthusiastic enough about it that I really do believe her. I love that I'm like, you know, an early career scientist and a female who's going to be up there and being a part of this and hopefully, you know, Younger women who are in the sciences or thinking about going to the sciences can see that and be like, oh, look at this chick with a nose piercing and red hair that's up in the Arctic, like doing all this cool stuff. So I'm like, that, that'll that get me through the darkness, I think. There you go. That's the spirit. So what do you think you're looking forward to most about your time in the literal Arctic? Like, I am very <laughs> familiar with just like the weird, desolate of it. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, I also think there's a certain beauty to it, you know, like 
when it gets really cold, the snow kind of sparkles. Like it almost looks like there's glitter on it. Yeah, you hit it right on the nose. Like any time I've been up there, it's just so bizarrely beautiful. Like the colors you get when the sun's at a weird angle, the animals that you see, um, the blues you get from seeing the bottom of the sea ice, the really old ice. So just the most vibrant colors, the most vibrant blues. Just life up there in such a crazy environment is going to be really interesting. And I think I can say that safely only because I'm going to be there for, you know, four months. So it's limited. I know there's, I'm not going to be there forever in the Uh darkness. Um, But yeah, just like kind of living in an environment I'm not used to. I love being exposed to things that are so different. Jessie did tell me she plans on bringing a yoga mat up with her, which I think is awesome because it is totally time for a cold yoga revolution. Are you wondering what to snack on while you watch a movie this weekend? Are you like, Greta, I don't even know what movie I'm going to watch this weekend. Don't worry, we got you covered. That's coming up in just a minute. Cold yoga. It's going to be so cold. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Okay, so maybe you're like, oh, cool, it's Friday. And maybe you've managed that like adult holy grail of weekends where you have literally nothing you have to do. Well, I have some ideas for you about how to make the best of that blissful free time. First up, here's something to watch. If you're a religious nerdette listener, you know I am obsessed with this movie. I have made this rant before. You already should have done it. But if you haven't, that's okay, because here you go. We have to go to a party tonight. What? Let's go to Nick's party. Are you kidding? No, no way. We only have one night left to have studied and partied in high school. Otherwise, we're just going to be the girls that missed out. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Okay. We've broken a lot of rules. One, we have fake IDs. Fake college IDs so we can get into their 24-hour library. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. That's, he broke art rules. Name a person who broke a real rule. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Booksmart is the last day of school, best friend, epic adventure, badass lady movie, and it is now a thing that you can stream in your own home. And I really, really, really need you to do that. It's so funny and it's smart and it's great. And I seriously cannot fathom what kind of 34-year-old woman I would be if I had gotten to watch this movie when I was 17. I had the great pleasure of talking with Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Deaver, the movie's co-stars, back when the movie came out in theaters. And we just have to listen back to a tiny bit of this interview. 
Like, I loved that this movie emphasizes the idea that your person doesn't have to be your, like, romantic soulmate. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we talk a lot about, you know, I always think, like, your friends are the first decision you make in your life that's entirely yours. Hmm. Uh, your parents decide, like, what school you go to, where you go to school, where you live, what your room looks like, if you share a room. I mean, like, every single decision, what you're eating, what you're wearing, um, what after-school activities you're going to. But when... You're young, young, like, you know, three, four, however old you are. You're making this choice of like, this is my buddy. This is my partner. Yeah. And it's such a small thing when you're young. But then to continue choosing that person year after year after year and investing in them and committing to them and, and being willing to change alongside with them, I think is really profound. And I think Booksmart is such an examination and a celebration of that. Booksmart does do a really good job of celebrating that. I have to say there was also this lovely line from that interview, which will be etched in my mind forever. Very early in my working life, I got to work with another amazing Greta, Greta Gerwig Ooh. on Lady Bird. Oh, my and- God. I can't believe you just put me in the same sentence like that. <laughs> yes. It's amazing. Um, two queens. <laughs> That's great. And that brings me to my new favorite segment. Greta News, Greta News, it's now time for Greta News, yeah! In the latest Greta News, Greta Thunberg is a 16-year-old Swede who has become the poster teen for action on climate change. Many people say that Sweden is just a small country and it doesn't matter what we do. But I've learned that you are never too small to make a difference. Greta is planning on participating in the United Nations Climate Summit, but instead of hopping on a gas-guzzling plane, she sailed the open seas. About two weeks ago, Greta set sail on a 60-foot yacht decked out with solar panels and underwater turbines. That way, Greta's trip was totally carbon neutral. We're currently doing between 20 and 25 knots. Last night we hit 30 knots, and uh, we are about 300 miles away from Nova Scotia, and it's very rough and very high waves. Sounds like some stormy weather, but on Wednesday, Greta dropped anchor off Coney Island in New York. You only talk about moving forward with the same bad ideas that got us into this mess, even when the only sensible thing to do is pull the emergency brake. How cool is Greta? Okay, so maybe I convinced you with the book smart thing that you absolutely have to watch that. Maybe now you're like, okay, I'm ready for the snack recommendation. Now that I know I'm for sure going to watch book smart because it's obviously a really great movie. Well, I have to tell you, last weekend I made what might have been the best chocolate chip cookies in like the history of chocolate chip cookies. Now, this is a very high statement, especially because my mother makes really good chocolate chip cookies. Turns out the secret is, maybe unsurprisingly, brown butter. And for some reason, there's also an extra egg yolk in there. The recipe comes from Cook's Illustrated, and I highly recommend you make them as soon as you possibly can. And if you're, like, super worried about finding link, don't worry. You can just follow me on Twitter, and I'll give it to you there. You know what else is great? This song.
It's called Phenomenal Woman, and it's by Laura Mvula. The first time I heard it was on WBEZ's sister station, Vocalo, and it was like three in the godforsaken morning, and I was heading into work to do the insanely early shift, and hearing this song was like the universe telling me that everything would be okay. And one more thing this week, exactly 222 years ago, Mary Shelley was born. Did you know she was only 19 when she wrote Frankenstein? Her mother was a super famous 19th century feminist. Remember, the vindication of the rights of women. But Mary Shelley essentially wrote Frankenstein on a dare. Maybe you, like me, haven't read it from high school. So check out this great quote from the book. I have love in me, the likes of which you can scarcely imagine. And rage, the likes of which you would not believe. If I cannot satisfy the one, I will indulge the other. What a lovely little monster metaphor for feminist anger, huh? Kind of reminds me of some monster stuff, but kind of reminds me of some feminist stuff, too. All right, the show is produced by me, Greta Johnson, along with Justin Bull. Our co-creator is Trisha Bobita, and our executive producer is Brendan Banizak. Nerdette is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. I'm going to have links to all the good stuff that I mentioned in this week's newsletter. You can sign up for it when you go to Facebook. Just click on the blue sign up button. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear. Do your homework. I'm David Pumpkins. And I'm gonna scare the hell out of you! Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Tan Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Macs and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.